Thank you for visiting PulpitPower.com, promoting old-fashioned, Holy Spirit-anointed preaching from the Word of God. It is our prayer that the following message would be a blessing to you and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you wish to email us, the address is Master at PulpitPower.com. Everything Jesus ever did, He did it for you, and He did it for me. When Jesus came to the world, He didn't come for Himself. He made the world. He had it. He owned it. But I'll tell you why it came. It came for you, and it came for me. And everything that Jesus did while he was here, brother, he did it for me. Everything that he did, he did it for you. And I believe tonight, if you'll pray, God will bless your heart. I'm going to bring you a message tonight, one of the seven messages that I have on the Lord Jesus Christ and the highlight of his life. I want you to turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 21. And I'm going to have you to stand in a moment. We're going to read this. And then I'm going to bring you the message tonight. I want you to pray. I believe if you'll pray, God will bless your heart. I want you to turn with me, please. Let's all look in Matthew 21 and verse 9. Matthew 21 and verse 9. I believe if you'll turn, I believe that the Lord will bless your heart. That's Matthew chapter uh, 21 and verse 9. We're going to read tonight together from the word of the Lord. I believe he's having a little trouble back there. You get it, Brother Gregory? You get it all right? All right. Matthew 21 and verse 9. Now, I want you to stand with me. Let's reverence the reading of the word of God. I want to get right into the message tonight. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 9. The Bible said, And the multitudes that went before that followed cried, saying, Hosanna. Now, I want you to notice that word, Hosanna. I'm coming back to it after a while. To the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. I'll show you later on that Hosanna is a New Testament or an Old Testament word. And hallelujah is a New Testament word. But most people don't know anything about hallelujah anymore. Why, now as a kid you'd hear hallelujah all over the congregation. So I got off the airplane tonight and told the old said hallelujah. They know what I was talking about. So I got off an airplane tonight in Spain and said, Hallelujah! They'd know what I was talking about. But if I went to some of the Baptist churches in North Georgia and hollered Hallelujah, it'd be strange language. Amen? Say Amen. They don't understand it. But Hallelujah is a New Testament word that we'll use when we, we see Him. And then Hosanna is an Old Testament word brought over into the New Testament. Now listen to what it said. Hosanna in the highest, the latter part of verse 9. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Or they all came out and said, Who is this fellow riding that little beast? Who is he, man? And then the scripture said in all, and the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. I want you to notice before you're seated tonight, the Bible said in the multitude went before and followed Christ, saying, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh. In the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. I want you to be seated now all over the house, if you will. I want you to bow your heads for just a word of prayer. And while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed in just a moment, I'm going to bring you the message tonight. But I want you to pray. There's some people here lost. There's some people here tonight that no doubt are out of fellowship with God. There are people in this auditorium tonight that need a fresh touch of heaven. My friend, I'm sure that some of you tonight already God spoken to your heart in the singing or in the quoting of those scriptures. But I want to ask you something tonight. Would you ask God to turn the church light of heaven on you? And would you ask God to meet your need according to what 
God sees your need is. Now, you may think you have a need, but God may see another need in your life. And so I want to bring your message tonight out of the Word of God. And I want you to pray that God will meet you. Father, I want to thank you for this night. Oh, Lord, I'm glad you found a little handful of clay and you picked it up. And thank God the great pocket. What a boy. What a privilege it is to know that when we were nothing, that you took clay and made us. And we've been made in the image of your Son by the second birth and been conformed daily so that when we see him, praise God, we shall be like him. I thank you for that process of growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you tonight for every blessing already that we received in the service. Now, Father, bless Brother Sammy. Bless the camp. Bless the church. And Lord, as we come to preach tonight, I pray the sweet spirit of God shall so speak to our hearts until every soul shall be blessed. And we'll thank you and we'll bless you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, tonight I want to speak to you on the subject. Why Jesus rode that little donkey into Jerusalem? Now somebody said, why? Well, let me say, any time you come to preach about Jesus, whether you're preaching about his virgin birth, or whether you're preaching about his sinless life, or whether you're preaching about his death on Calvary, his substitutionary death, or you're preaching on his resurrection or his ascension, any time you're preaching about the Lord Jesus, an aspect of his ministry, it's always a blessing. And I've never preached on why Jesus rode that little donkey into Jerusalem. But tonight, I want you to see him. He starts up in a little village, gets on that donkey, rides down the Mount of Olives, comes across the Garden of Gethsemane, goes across that little kitchen brook, and then into the eastern gate, at the east side of Jerusalem. And as he rides that little donkey into that city. A million and a half Jews had lined the streets to see him. And somebody said, Preacher, why didn't he come in there? I want you to notice as Jesus rode that donkey in Jerusalem. There are three things I want you to notice by introduction. First of all, it was Palm Sunday. Many Sundays that we observe are not scriptural. But this was Sunday before Easter Sunday. The Bible said in John 12 and verse 13 and they took Palm branches, and they hailed and waved those branches. Brother, it was called Palm Sunday. What a beautiful Sunday it was. Seven days before his resurrection. The second thing I want you to notice, it was his popular hour. It was the only hour that my Lord ever had that was popular. He was despised and rejected of men. Brother, the Lord Jesus, they didn't love him when he was born. They loved him when he was crucified. I want to tell he had one hour of popularity. And I want you to see him riding that little donkey and the class of Santa. It was the only popular hour in you. And I want to say this tonight. If the church is doing what it ought to do and the preacher standing where you are saying, Brother, we'll not be popular in this day in which we live. It's never been popular to take a stand for God and the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, it was his palm Sunday. Secondly, it was his popular hour. And number three, it was his prelude to the last week on earth. You say, what do you mean prelude? It was the prelude to four things. The last six days, it was the prelude. First 
lost my friends of that last supper because he was to go yonder and take off that donkey and he was to institute the Lord's Supper. Oh, I tell you something, I, I just rejoice in the Lord's Supper. First Corinthians chapter 11 tells us that, that it's the bread and it's the cup. And when you come to take of that bread and take of that cup, your communion with him is sweet. And I think you become a partaker of his body and his blood. And if I had time tonight, I'd talk about the Lord's Supper. He said, do this and think of the past of what he cost me. Do this and examine yourself. And do this till I come. Look forward to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this coming in Jerusalem was the prelude to the Last Supper. Secondly, it was the prelude to when he was going to allow his face in a garden called Gethsemane. Nobody will know until we get to heaven what Jesus went through there lying on a stone, lying on a crown. But the Bible said, he said, Oh, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. I want to tell you, Mr. you may have a garden of Gethsemane in your own life. You may have that lonely hour when your soul is exceedingly sorrowful. But the Bible said, lying on the ground, no doubt, and praying, not my will, but that will be done. Not only was it a prelude to the Last Supper, lying on the ground, but number three, it was a prelude to the laughing and the mockery of Pilate's judgment call. They jerked out his beard. They sat on the Son of God. And he tell you something, Mr. They laughed at him. They laughed at him. And if they laughed at him, they'll laugh at you. They'll make fun of you. I want you to know I don't want to be. I don't want to be popular. I want the world to laugh at me. It was a prelude to the laughing and the scoffing of that judgment hall. But number four, it was a prelude to the lonely hill called Calvary, where he was going to hang there between two thieves. And his father would turn his back on him. Oh, I guess they preach me. Jesus, riding that donkey in Jerusalem. He wrote that donkey in Jerusalem for six reasons. If you have your pencils, you can write them down. Number one, because of the sure word of prophecy. I want to tell you, Mr. 500 years before Jesus Christ rode that donkey into Jerusalem, Zechariah picked up that footage of the prophecy. And it's in the ninth chapter and the ninth verse. Listen to what Zechariah said. The daughters of time. Rejoice greatly and shout for your king cometh riding on a lowly ass and he's just and having salvation. Did you know that that was prophesied five hundred years before Jesus came in Jerusalem? The daughters of Jerusalem cut her hands and said, Bless God. The prophet said one day the Lord's going to ride in Jerusalem as a sure word of prophecy. Did you know that one third of your Bible was written in prophecy. I want to tell you something. It's a sure prophecy. I'm telling you this Bible is going to be fulfilled. Every thought and every tittle. Somebody said, Preacher, you believe all of it's going to be, I believe all of it's going to be fulfilled about the saints. Brother, you wait until God gets through with us. We're not through yet and God's not through with us. 
that cut off the child of God and the pain of God gonna be through and then for the sinner every prophecy that God prophesied about that poor sinner it shall be fulfilled and then every prophecy about the Savior oh let me tell you something I get to read about someday boys when he comes back the second time oh praise God I want to tell you something he's not coming back listen to me riding a lowly pokey He's coming back a second time. Round the white stallion, praise God. Then power of his going. And somebody said, Hey, preacher, because of the cure. What a prophecy. Jesus had to ride that donkey into Jerusalem. You see him riding in that, that day? This is what the Bible said. In verse 10 of chapter 21, they said, Who is this? Who is this? Now, I wish I had an iron half right here. And I'll tell you who that who he was. He was a Abel's lamb. Can't you see Abel? Take a little lamb up there that day and see what I'm going to do with that one. And I'm just hearing he says, Oh, that's going to be a handsome. One day, feel the blood gone from Emmanuel's stains. And sinners, times beneath that blood, I lose all their guilty stain. I want to tell you something. Who is this? Find that little joke for you. I want to tell you who he is. I think he was Abel's lamb. Secondly, he was. The ark that Noah built. I'm that a woman inside looking out. The Bible said he had three stories. The Bible said he was pitched within and pitched without. The Bible said he had one window and one door. No wonder they said, who is this? I'll tell you who this is. Praise God. This is Aaron's rod. That buddy, praise God. This is the rock that was smitten. This is the water that never runs dry. And every word that had God spoke about his son. Let me show you something tonight. Somebody said, Preacher, Jesus died. What if he died going to that man that cross in the back? You're going to hell. Somebody said, Oh, brother, why Jesus could have died? Oh, when they cut this back and put a crown of thorns on it, you'd have gone to hell. Because First Corinthians 15 says that he's got to die according to the scriptures. And, brother, he had to die according to the scriptures. He had to be buried according to the scriptures. He had to rise on the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus Christ could not say, that grave two days and come up our four days and come up the fifth he had a schedule to keep and the Bible says that he had to stay in that grave three days and brother on that first Easter morning praise God he got up and somebody said crying because prophecy had prophesied and so that's the first reason that Jesus rose that donkey in Jerusalem a sure word of prophecy the second reason he rose that donkey to show forth his Lordship. I want to tell you something. You don't hear much about him being Lord, but I'm glad he's his Lord. Oh, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. He's already Lord. I don't believe he can be saved unless he's Lord. Every verse that tells you about salvation says call upon the Lord. Believe on the Lord. And the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now I want to say this to you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 14, to this end, Christ died and was buried and was revived that he might be the Lord of the living and the Lord of the dead. Brother, he's Lord of everybody alive. And he's Lord of everybody up on that cemetery. And I'm glad that he wrote that walking to the sun. Praise God and so forth his lordship. I never forget my daddy died. I called I called my son three thousand miles away. And boy, I told him, I said, Lord, your granddaddy died. He's out in California, three thousand miles away. He got quiet. I was wondering what he's doing to me. You know what he said? He, he kind of let a little silence go on that phone. Then he said, Daddy, he's the Lord of the living and he's the Lord of the dead. And praise God, you know what I did? And I walked away from my daddy's grave the next day. I turned around and said, Daddy, he's the Lord of the living. And he's the Lord of the dead. Let me tell you something, Jesus Christ. Went in to Jerusalem on that donkey. That he could have gone in on a glory cloud and a golden chariot. But he went in on that donkey that he might show forth his lordship. Two scriptures, and I'll have to go on. Matthew 21 and verse 2. Jesus told him, disciples, where to go? And said, you'll find a road coming like this. You'll find... I don't get in a baby there and said, you go get that beast and you start a bath to bring that little beast to me and somebody's going to ask you, who wants that beast? And what right do you have to that beast? Did you know that Jesus knew somebody that sin? That proved his lordship. He didn't have to go up there. He said, they're going to ask you. And when they ask who has need of him? All you got to do is say, the Lord has need of him. And pray God will be in That will settle the question. Brother, I'm glad that the Lord had need of him. And God, my friends, can curse that he might be Lord. And then he said, you bring him down here. Now Mark 11 and verse 2 says something about that donkey that shows forth his lordship. Listen what it says. It said, no man has ever sat on that donkey. I mean, he is as wild as they come. But you know what happened? <laughs> Praise God. They took some gold and showed him. I don't believe that old donkey twisted his ear this way. I twisted it that way. I believe he stood in a kitchen. Then I believe he bowed to the Lordship of the Son of God. And Jesus got upon that donkey and rode that donkey in Jerusalem. Let me say this to you tonight. He went into Jerusalem on that donkey to show forth his Lordship. Let me show you. Every animal, every bird, every beast recognized the Lordship of God and Christ. You said, I don't believe that. Let me show you something. There's a big old fish one day. He's flying, he's swimming under him. God said to him, said, hey, hey, hey you. I prepared you for a special job. Yes, sir. What do you want me to do, Lord? Said, I got a backslidden back and preacher going west and I told him to go east. <laughs> hey, uh, I said, oh, I want you to go over and swallow that together and keep him down. Till he cries, my soul has stayed within me and then throw him up on the water, up on the land. And boy, I don't believe that fish did but one thing. He was waiting on old Jonah. 
He said, I got a job. The Lord told me to follow that preacher. Hey, go for it. Come on, boy. I'm waiting on you. And that old preacher waited. And after a while, here comes that preacher. That preacher. I got him, Lord. I got him. And brother, that preacher took him to the bottom. Listen to me. There's a preacher one day riding a donkey and said, I'm going out to curse God's people. And I'm going to tell these people that God's curse is on Israel. But let me stop around and to say this. God believed them. I'll bless them that bless thee. I'll curse them that curse thee. And any nation and any people that curses Israel will be on the curse of God Almighty. Now watch this. Every nation in the end, you come Sunday afternoon, every nation, including the United States, will turn against Israel. But God's still on her side. And it's not the force, but God who can turn your ears back and turn your head around and say, have I not been your donkey all these years? And it's old Balaam, he, he's stubborn and he wouldn't recognize the worship and about that time that donkey laid her ears back, turned her head around and said, I, have I not been your donkey all these years? And we tell you something. I don't know how fast that donkey could have run, but if I'd have been Balaam, I'd have been in the town. Praise God. I want to tell you something. I said, hey, listen, the Lord Christ, uh, he's Lord. I heard you singing or playing a while ago. Some call him Jesus, but I call him Lord. Oh, if preachers would preach the Lordship of Christ, if preachers would preach the Lordship of Christ, what a blessing it'd be in our churches. You, you know, the Lord tells you how to live, tells you how to dress. Your Lord tells you when to come in, when to go Your Lord tells you how to look. Your Lord tells you how to talk. Your Lord tells you how to think. And we need to preach the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, watch this. One of the little animals. And he got him a good roosting place that night. And he's sitting there, and the Lord said, I got a preacher that needs a good sermon on repentance. <laughs> and I have a little rooster shook his head. And the Lord said, I'm going to let you do the best preaching on repentance that any preacher's ever done around Jerusalem. And the Lord said, Now you call when I pay the curl. <laughs> Can't you see that little rooster, brother? He stretched it out him little wings and Lord said, Not yet. Put the wings back down. And then that old rooster sticks that little neck up and stretches that neck and gets and that Lord said, Put that neck back down. I ain't ready yet. And boy, after a while, the Lord said, Rooster! It's time to do a little crowing. Now, boy, he puts him wings out and throws that little neck out. You never heard such crowing in your life. And then old Simon Peter remembered the word. And brother, he went out and wept bitterly. Let me say this to you tonight. I'm glad that when Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem, brother, first of all, he rode that donkey into Jerusalem for a cause of the sure word of prophecy to show forth his lordship. Number three, to be told about three and uh, 30 pieces of silver. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, it wouldn't have been so bad uh, if a crook from Jerusalem uh, had a sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver uh, and said the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but listen, Jesus uh, was sold by one of the twelve. Uh, he wasn't sold by the one that was going to drive that spike in his hand. He wasn't sold by the one uh, that's going to drive that spike in his feet. Let me tell you who he's sold by. He's sold by man. Oh, I heard him pray. Oh, I never hear him pray. Oh, I never heard him bow down that mountain and pray. Last year I stripped away from the crowd that was with me in Jerusalem. Boy, I went out there and I said, Lord, I ain't never heard you pray. But I said, I'm glad. I'm praying the same spot where you prayed. Oh, listen, I never heard him preach. 
but beautiful in Greek. I never saw him take his hands and cleanse the leper. I never saw him raise the dead, but Judas did. And he wrote that little token to him to be sold by a friend for 30 pieces of silver and 30 shekels of shame. And there are preachers in denominations and churches that are selling Jesus for less than 30 pieces of silver and 30 shekels of shame. Boy, let me show you something. Okay, you know why I say something, man? Many reasons, but I won't take them. And I nailed 19 preachers laid their hands on my head that morning I ordained the child of the Baptist church up home. The back it was full, all the coin was full. There's an old picture there, Brother Bobby. And he's a crippled fellow, his name is Corn. Boy, it was a good. I called him, had him to come, he never owned a car. I never had a home, but he preached all over that country. And boy, he's the last one to come and lay his hands on my head. And I heard him dragging that old foot. And boy, he dragged that old foot over there that morning. He stamped his hands on my head. I was just a little young boy. He said, Maze. If I thought you'd ever betray the Lord and turn your back on old time religion, he said, I've never laid my hands on you. I don't want to tell you something. He said, I'm going to breathe upon you, the Holy Ghost. Something hit the top of my head would come out my toes. You said, I don't believe that. You don't know you wouldn't. I say, amen. Bless God. I was the one that got the blessing of God that day. And God failed me. And God failed me. And I kissed that old carpet. And I said, by your grace, I'm going to put it as it is. Some men that say, all right, I'll be afraid of Jesus. And brother, listen, we got too many deacons and too many choir members and too many preachers that are not afraid of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to be afraid. He said, you're my friend if you do whatever I... I tell you, do whatever I command you to do. You be my friend. Now you watch this. When they came to get Jesus, Judas did in the garden. Boy, you think I how patient and kind he was. Or I just got Jesus and when Judas kissed him. Listen to what he said. He said, friend, friend. But Judas had come to sell him. And Judas had come to turn him over to his enemies. Let me say this. There are two things we learned from this story tonight. Number one, you can be religious but lost. You can hear all kind of singing. And you can be around praying. And you can be around preaching. And die and go to hell. Let me tell you something. If you're not born again and saved by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus, you can be a Judas and die and go to hell. The second thing we learn about this, your friends sometimes turn against you. Or let me tell you something. I've had a lot of people turn against me, but I ain't ever turned against one of my friends. Boy, I'll stand with my friends. And you might you might hear all things that on Brother Mason. But you'll never hear me talking about people, running people down. Well, I remember old guy Rainwater took that little Indian finger one day, 20-something years ago, when I held the first meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, for Guy Rainwater. And I held 23, so Lord, let me live to July. It'll be my 24th one. Now listen to me. That little Indian held up that finger, and he said, Maze, this finger has never blistered a man of God. <laughs> oh, said Maze, this finger has never blistered a man of God. And I looked at that, and I said, Lord, I want to stand with my friends. Oh, I don't want to stand with my friends. I don't want to stand with my friends. Listen to me. The saddest day, you wake up one of these nights, and you'll say, how could that friend betray me? And boy, how could that friend stab me in the back? Oh, you say, Brother Mays, it'd be awful to have my friend to turn against me. You preachers, listen to me. 
you'll have some so-called friends to stab you, and they'll turn against you. But you know what that'll do for you? That'll make you look up and say, what a friend I have in Jesus. <laughs> oh, he's a friend that sick a caution, and a brother. I want you to know tonight, Jesus rode that dog in Jerusalem to be sold by friends. Number four, Jesus rode that donkey in Jerusalem to sacrifice himself for our sins. Oh, praise God. Listen to me. They used to go to preach wood and they'd get the sheep and they'd get the lamb and they'd get the third up and they'd bring them in and they'd come before the sacrifices and they'd say we're going to go to the temple and sacrifice to our God. But I want to tell you something that day. But that Eastern gate opened and wait a minute, it's closed tonight. But bless God, it's going to open up again one of these mornings. Uh, and some morning, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is going to look at him. Through the Eastern gate, it's called beautiful. Uh, and for 800 years, uh, that gate's been closed. I stood there like seeing again. I said to the guy, I said, won't you open that gate? He said, we are. I said, God, yes. I said, you'll never open it, but... I said, when Jesus' feet stepped down on Mount Olivet, two things are going to happen. That mountain's going to split wide open. And the Bible said water's going to come out of there. And then Jesus is going through that eastern gate. And for his long, he's going to open up. For the is coming through the eastern gate called beautiful. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Now you watch this. In the ninth chapter of the book of Hebrews, listen to me. In beginning with verse 25 to verse 28, you have three appearance of our Lord. You have his first appearance as a sacrifice to put away our sins. And that's what I want to talk to you about this minute. The Bible said it's the end of the world. To this end of the world, Christ came to put away our sins in the sacrifice of himself. You say, brother, listen, Jesus didn't ride that donkey that day and have a little ghost and say, I've got a sacrifice for your sin. And Jesus rode that donkey in Jerusalem. He didn't have a tongue But he said it. I'm your sacrifice. Praise God, I'm going to tell me. I'll die in your priest. I'm the sacrifice to put away your sin. And brother, listen to me. I dare said, and the iniquity of us all was placed on him. I don't understand that. I don't understand how all of it could be, but it was. Once you see him going in, listen, Hebrews chapter 9 said, He now appears as our intercessor. And he shall appear the second time unto those that look for him. Glory God, but listen to me. That day when he came on that little donkey in Jerusalem, he appeared in the last. Listen, the Bible said to put away sin, to sacrifice himself. Let me tell you something. He didn't have no sacrifice but himself. Oh, if that don't bless you, there's something wrong with you tonight. He said, I got a hand, I'm going to give it to me. I got a foot, I'm going to give it to me. I'm going to give it to me. And brother, when he wrote that book in Jerusalem, he wrote it in there. My friends, to sacrifice himself, not to sacrifice something else, but to sacrifice himself. When he wrote that book in Jerusalem, he showed you something that just blessed my heart. He came into Jerusalem to be a sacrifice for our sins. They stood there and cried, Hosanna. I'll show you what it meant in just a moment. But they didn't know really why Jesus was coming in Jerusalem. You see, in about three days, they're going to crucify him. They're screaming, Hallelujah! 
but they're going to turn to crucify him. He's going to die. And I believe he died on Wednesday myself. I don't believe he died on Friday. I believe he died on Wednesday. And brother, he rode that little donkey in Jerusalem. He came and himself. Let me go back just a minute. In Genesis chapter 22, Bible said Abraham started up that mountain that morning. And Abraham had a knife in one hand and fire in the other hand. And Isaac had the wood on his back. And they started up that mountain that morning. And brother, that's a dark day for Abraham. You know he's a hundred years old. His steps might have been feeble. But as he started up that mountain that morning, he turned around and that little old boy said, Papa, Papa! He said, yes, what is it, Isaac? He said, the knife's in one hand and the fire's in the other hand. Papa! The wood's on my back. But where is the lamb or the lamb for the burnt sacrifice offering? And then here's one of the greatest prophetic announcements in the Bible. Abram looked down at that little boy, or that lad, and he said, Ah! God will provide himself. He'll become your lamb. He'll come down here. God will come. And God will be the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And when Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem, Paul said he appeared to put away our sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's what he came to do, to die. You see, I'm his for two reasons. He created me. He made me, and then he bought me with his precious blood. Oh, you say, Brother Lee, I'm glad he bought my soul at Calvary. I'm here for two reasons. Years ago, little place for life for what time? Little boy had a boat. I mean, he made his own hands. He made the first little boat you ever saw in your life. He made a boat that was outstanding. He loved boats. He took it out in the French Broad River. If you've ever been to Brother Sexton's church, he'd go across that river to go to Ashland. And he got to praying. But that boat, and the boat got away, and went down the river, and three weeks passed by, and the little boy couldn't find his boat. But another man, a man had found that boat and took it up there to a pawn shop on Patton Avenue. Said to the man, how much you give me for this boat? I found it down in the river some bushes. And the man looked at him and said, I'll give you a half a dollar. He said, put it back there in the window. I want everybody to see it. Three weeks after the little boy lost his boat, he's walking with his mom on Saturday. Walking down Patton Avenue, and he looked up in that window and said, Hey, Mama, that's my boat. And she said, Well, honey, are you sure? He said, Yeah. You see, I remember when I took that stuff. Mama, I remember when I took that. that I guess so. Mama, I remember. You, you see that? I put that on that. That's my boat. She said, Go and ask him if you can have it. And the little boy went in and said, Mister, you own this boat. He said, Yeah, sure. I, I own it while you want to sign. He said, You've got my boat out there in that window. He said, I'm sorry. I did 50 cents for that boat. And I can't let it go for less than 75. And if you want it, you have to pay me 75 cents. My mother walked up and said, Don't worry, honey. Take this 75 cents and give it to him. That's back some times the cards. And so the little boy took the three quarters and handed it to the man. The man reached in and got the little boat. The little boy put the boat on his arm, walked out, started crying, and reached over and rubbed it and said, Boat, you're mine for two reasons. First, I made you, now I bought you. And you're mine. <laughs> Oh, God, I want to tell you something. I'm here for two reasons. Brother, he made me. And then that day when he went into Jerusalem, he went into Jerusalem to sacrifice himself for my sin and your sin. Number five, listen to me. He went in on that donkey to take the sin out of this. 
<laughs> Glory to God, aren't you glad? I'm glad Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me shall ever die. You hear me? I'm glad he that believeth on him, though he's dead, yet shall he live again. Revelation 1 says, Jesus Christ came out, my friend, and said, I'm he that was dead, but him evermore. And thank God he took the keys of death and hell and Jesus. Lord, that talk in come that he might take the sting out of this. Listen to me. Paul was writing a letter to Christ, the first epistle he wrote for the little. I mean, you talk about church mixed up. You know that first tongue church was wrong. I wish I had time to give you, uh, to give you what's wrong with that bunch of carnal little babies over there. That nature on the minors, the minors on the majors, really. Uh, but he says in this great book, uh, he said, God, perish the Oh, God, perish the Thanks be to God that gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, Preacher, what happened when Jesus rode that cross in Jerusalem? Why did he go? He went in there to take the sting out of death. And on that first Easter morning, he got up in that tomb, got death around the throat, and squeezed him so his tongue stuck out and he caught a catherine's and he said, I'm not in here. And I'm glad, praise God, that Lord Jesus Christ brought the dark in Jerusalem to take the sting out of death. What a blessing. I have a boy named Lord. I think I told you about him years ago. We down in Columbia, South Carolina, boy's hot down there. Brother Fat has been meeting. And he knows how hot Columbia is. That's the hottest place you'll ever get. I mean, around here. If you don't repent, of course, you're going to the hotter place. Say amen right there. You know it. But Sunday's hot. Boy, we had one little boy, and I will forget it. Doc went in a preacher's department store. You know what that is, don't you, Brother Mayo? That's a five and ten cent store. And she went in that, and I was sitting out there in a car. Boy, it's hot. And I don't know why. You'll forgive me. I'm going to tell you what I had in my car. I don't use a cash, but I had a broad little thing on and I just started to listen to you about it, brother. But I had a broad humor line right there. Now, I, I'm not like some of you singers. Now, I don't sing. So, therefore, I don't bring songbooks to me to church. I've seen folks come to church with nine songbooks on there, and the song you say, Brother, are, are you going to sing? I didn't come prepared or expecting it. Well, why did you bring nine songbooks, brother, if you didn't come to Oh, I sing. Why did you bring more of them? Boy, I was sitting there that day, and I said, Lord, be still, buddy. And I rode both drags down that old bucket of car you had. And man, it's hot. And Lord was it wiggling in the creek. I said, Lord, can't you be still? It's bad enough to sit out here in this heat, wait on your mother. I said, she'll turn over everything in the store. And then by the first thing she turned over, say amen there, Jesus. God bless your heart. Amen. But listen to me. I was out there, boy, I was just going through it. I mean, I was sweating this stuff and off. And finally I said, Lord, will you be still? And a big old bee said, hit that windshield and said I said Lord and he said I'm going to get him I said go ahead that'll be one thing but God you let go of I said you let go of that when you get stung I said you'll be sorry you grabbed that and that little bee went up and down the windshield and that little boy of mine said and he said he's a mystery and finally did you know what happened it lit on, on, on the day. I said, ha, 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 ha. I said, I knew this bubble him was good for something. <laughs> and brother, I, I took that old bubble him, I hit that knee of lick, and I knocked his core in his finger. It didn't hurt him a bit. Just got his finger in his core. Now I reached down, got that thing by the legs, and listen to me. Listen, I watch him. You young people watch this. 
Give have you look thankful. Oh. I mean, he looks terrible. I mean, awful. Listen to me. And he still had you little wings. Now, how do you speak? He goes, <laughs> And my boy said, oh. I said, just a minute now. <laughs> just a minute. And I said, you don't have to worry now. I said, your daddy got his finger out. <laughs> and I handed that little boy that B, and he held it in his hand, and then opened his hand, and he flew away. I jumped out of the car and said, Bring the mind over. I said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "1900 years ago, he's a sweet soul, and I said, 'Hey, stop, 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 Thank him to God. He wrote that. Don't you do something to take the thing out of death? Now here's the last thing, quickly. Number six. He rose that don't seem to lose them to save us. Now listen what the Bible says. They cried Hosanna. When you get home tonight, if you look up the word Hosanna in your dictionary, you know what it says? Save our people. Save our people. And when they saw him coming in, they were crying, Save our people. It says in Matthew that he came to save his people. His name shall be called, called Jesus, for he shall save. His people from their sins. Now, listen, Luke 19, 10 says, And Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And when Jesus rose that little joke in Jerusalem that day, they said, Save us. Save us. Hosanna. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. They said, Hosanna three times. Hosanna. They were crying, Save us. Save us. Save us! And that's why he came, brother, down to this world, went into Jerusalem, died on a cross, raised the third day. Listen, he came to save us! And what a blessing it is to know that Jesus came to save us. Now listen to this. Up in Asheville every year we have a, have a big jubilee the week before Labor Day. And I mean it's a shouting time. Amen, Sister Norman, you know you know, brother, down where we have a time. I old Billy Kelly leaving that saying. We used to have a good time. But every year, for the last five years, that's one of the best friends I ever had lived in Canton, Georgia. One of the best friends that Mae Jackson ever had on the face of this earth lived in Canton, Georgia. And his name was Carl Smithwick. And the other morning, I was in a father in the meeting. And they called my house and said, Carl, went home to be with you. And boy, I was that far when I got to you. And I said, you won't stop anymore. Carl, you won't stop anymore. But you listen, for 28 years, this warden of the largest county jail in the world, the Fulton County Jail. Now watch this. And boy, old Carl, I used to grab and preach. And I had time. I grabbed a ladder across the state. I'm going to line you up and make you're going to preach Saturday morning in jail. Now I like to preach in jail. Don't bother me to preach in jail. Go out there and one and my boy that's gonna be here tomorrow good spot for something. Go quartet down there. I saw him come in, I said, Come in, come in, Lord. I said, You get that quartet back there and get on your knees and get God on y'all. I said, You may go and some of these old backslidden baggage churches and fool them, but I said, These places know where you got God on you. <laughs> and I said, Get back there and get gone. And boy, they came out there to I mean, it's right. And boy, they got up there and all them old preachers sitting out there in that place was packed and was volunteering. You didn't have to come. I mean, they're standing around the walls. And they got to sing. And boy, those said, now before Dad comes to the message, we're going to sing another song. And when they got to sing it, one from the back raised his hand and said, Mr. Jackson, 
And my son said, yes, sir. He said, did you know Father Long? We know more about it. And he said, yeah, we'll sing you one stanza, Father Long. And so they sang one stanza, Father Long, and boy, we got to crying. And I got to preach it. I got to run. I don't ever run up down out. But I got that William preacher. Bless God, I was walking up down out. And I ran back up, and I preached 15 minutes overtime. And I said, Lord, help me sing. I preached 15 minutes overtime. One old fellow over there raised hand said, Keep on preaching. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> and I want to tell you, it's not right. And heaven came down. That morning, I was sitting that morning, listen to me. I was walking out up to the other end of the door, and I was walking out to the other end of the door, and I was walking out to the other end of the door, and I was walking out to the other end of the door, and I was walking out to the other end of the door, and I was walking out to the other end of the door, and I was walking out to the other end of